Hi everyone, my name is Ryan Alexander and I serve as the lead pastor at Hosanna. As we've been saying for years, we believe the Lord led you here. And we hope that what you hear today will encourage you to take a step forward in your faith journey and help you look more like Jesus. After today's message, I encourage you to download the Hosanna app for more opportunities to connect and grow. Here's today's message. Good morning, everybody. Thank you for saying good morning to me. My name is Chris, and I'm so glad to be together. Anybody else across all of our campuses, glad to be together today. Me too. I don't think it's too early for me to say Merry Christmas to you. I know this is just a, a fantastic weekend across all of our campuses. Uh, I wanna make sure that everybody across all of our campuses knows that 20 people are being baptized today. Isn't that amazing? Some of us have just witnessed that, and that's super exciting to see what God is doing in the lives of people all across our campuses. If you uh, know somebody who's being baptized this weekend or are somebody who's being baptized this weekend, I want you to hear it from us again. We love you, we believe in you, God is for you, good things are coming in your life. Way to take the step to be baptized today. We're excited about it. Uh, I am so grateful that I get the opportunity to open the scriptures uh, today, and we get to look at one of my most favorite of all scriptures uh, in John chapter one. But before we do that, I wanna give everybody the opportunity to give. And so um, we do that pretty simply around here. You can just text Hosanna Give to 94,000, and that'll text you back, and you can uh, be a part of that. It's super simple. Or at all of our campuses, we have giving boxes in the back. Be sure to check that out. You know, we give because Christ first gave to us. We give because he loves us. We give because we love him back. We give because we wanna be a church that looks more like Jesus, amen? Amen, so thank you for giving today. Have I already said my name? I'm Chris, have I said that already? If I haven't already, I'm Chris, and usually I'm a worship leader among us, so I'm normally singing, but today I get the opportunity to speak to you, and I couldn't be more grateful to speak to you today. If you have your Bible, would you open to John chapter one? We are in a series called With Us. With us, what are we talking about? When God became human. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about Christmas today. And, and I gotta tell you, John chapter one is one of my most favorite scriptures of all. If I have some time to just sit and, and think a little bit and I'm thinking about the Lord, oftentimes I'm thinking about John chapter one. If I'm around the, the dinner table and we're lighting the advent candle and someone says, Chris, what should we talk about? Or what's the scripture we should read? I, I jump in there with John chapter one. I love John chapter one. One of the reasons I love John chapter one is because it fills me with wonder, fills me with awe. You know, John chapter one uh, isn't an encyclopedia. What it is, is it's a song, it's a poem. And songs and poems can tell us some things that encyclopedias can't. Songs and poems will say, here's the truth of it, here's how I feel about it. Yeah, there's a few questions I can't resolve, there's some mystery here, but we hold it all in tension and it's a beautiful thing. I love John chapter one. Uh, the portion that we get to study today is simply this, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Would you say that with me? And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. We're gonna do it one more time across all of our campuses. I want you to memorize this. Are you ready? Let's do it again. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Way to go. You know, week chapter one, we learned that the word is Jesus. And the word literally means the logos, or the logic of God. And what we mean by that is that in the beginning, God created everything, and Jesus was there. Because God, when he was creating things, when he would form it into a word, that was Jesus, and he was there, and the Holy Spirit then, boom, made it happen. Fantastic. That's what we learned in chapter one. So Jesus always was. Week number two, we learned that he did become human. 
And if we would believe in him, then he would show us how to become human. The way that John, Jen and Ryan said it last week, which I loved, is that we can be comfortable in our own skin because Jesus came to show us how to do it. And this week, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. We're gonna kind of divide it in two halves. First, we'll talk about the word becoming flesh. Secondly, we'll talk about what does it mean to dwell. I wanna read uh, John chapter one to you. I wanna read the whole poem, particularly the portions that we are reading uh, or that we're studying here over the last couple weeks and we'll study again next week. I want you just to receive it. Receive the poetry, receive the song, receive the beauty, receive the wonder. Just let it rest on you. I believe the Holy Spirit will speak to you in it. I'm gonna read the whole thing all at once. Here it goes like this. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made. The Word gave life to everything that was made, and his life brought light to everyone. The light that shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. The true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become the children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth, but a birth that comes from God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. From his abundance, we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, but God's unfailing love and faithfulness came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son who is himself God, is near to the Father's heart, he has revealed God to us. Amen. Years ago, there was a mentor, a pastor in my life, his name is Brian Zahn. I got to be a worship leader at his church for a number of years. And one of the things he did, uh, particular years, he got a few of us together and he said, hey, do you wanna, do you wanna have wonder in your heart? We're like, yeah. <laughs> he said, no, really, do you, do, you want, do you want wonder to flood your soul? I'm like, yes. He said, do you want me to teach you how to recapture the wonder in your life? We're like, yes, yes, yes. So we got a few of us together, and he taught us about the greatest wonder of all. For several weeks, he ended up writing a book about it. It's called Beauty Will Save the World. It's a fantastic book. Beauty will save the world. It's true. There is a greatest wonder of all. There is a wonder that can flood your soul. And that greatest wonder of all is the word becoming flesh and dwelling among us. I'm telling you, it really is the greatest wonder. When we think of it, we see two things particularly. Science tells us this, that anytime we have the sense of wonder in our heart, wonder in our soul, two things are going on. Is that you have immense beauty and you also have mystery. And it creates awe and wonder. We see that in the Christmas story. Do you remember when the shepherds came and they saw the word made flesh? They saw the baby? What happens? It says it was awesome. They were filled with awe. 
What about Mary there in Luke chapter two? It says the same thing. It says that as she wondered these things, she wondered these things and she pondered them and held them in her heart. This is part of the Christmas story is to be filled with wonder. And who doesn't wanna be filled with wonder? Let me ask you, do you wanna be filled with wonder today? Do you remember the first time you saw the ocean? I do. I remember we crested that hill and I could see it. I mean, we were in Texas of all places. That's where I saw the ocean first. But I saw it, and as far as I could see was this beautiful blue ocean. The waves never stopped, and I'm thinking, I can't believe I live here on Earth. This is amazing. I mean, I have read about the ocean. I have seen pictures about the ocean, but now I see it, and I don't understand it. But it is beautiful. The artist in me was like soaring. I loved it. And the first time I saw the mountains, even more. First time I held a baby, whoa, what a beautiful thing. And I don't understand it. But it doesn't mean that that mystery isn't true. No, there's so many things in our lives and in our world that we don't understand. The mystery of it calls to us to lean into it. And it's beautiful and there's a mystery and it creates a sense of awe and wonder in our soul. And don't we want that in our lives? And don't we want that? Christmas. This truly is the greatest wonder of all, a never-ending fountain of wonder in our lives if we stop and ponder what it is that the Word became flesh. This is the greatest wonder of all. So let's think about it. The Word becomes flesh. Very God of very God created all things. The God who created all the most powerful being was now a baby could be held in somebody's arms could be held in somebody's hands, would subjugate himself to all that humans go through, 100% human. Do we realize that? We believe that he's 100% human. Yes, 100% God, but I wanna lean in on 100% human right now. He was just like you, just like me. Jesus, as he's growing up, if there was a, if there was a room full of uh, two-year-olds or three-year-olds, and you said, hey, could you pick out Jesus? You'd look around, I would think, and man, I can't. Which one is he? He's that one. Well, he looks just like everybody else. Yeah, that's right. 100% human. Think about it. The very God who's, who's the ageless one is now aging. At one point in the Gospels, they say, oh, Jesus, he's not even yet 50. But actually, he was more like 30. Maybe he looked older than he was. But I look younger, right? No? Thank you. I heard a yes over here. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Ageless one is now aging. The one who knows all the answers now has to have self-discovery. Don't we all have to understand who we are in our lives? He would have to ask questions. Even at 12, he would be asking questions and he would be learning about himself and he somehow understood that he was about his father's business. Interesting, 100% human. He could feel pain. He could feel sorrow. This would be a God who would bleed, a God who would die for whatever it means to die as a human. He understands what it's like. 100% human, the greatest wonder, God became human. What does this matter to us? Does it matter in our regular everyday lives? I'd say yes, it does. Here's, here's how, I'll give you this example. Some of you know a little bit about my story. I grew up in a small town, 500 people, southern Minnesota, it's called Wanamingo. If you know of it, we might be family. 
I feel like I say that about every other time I preach here. And then people do come up and ask me, are we family? And, I, and we figure it out, and we pretty much are. So uh, it's fantastic. Small town, I grew up on a farm. And um, I had the greatest childhood, so much joy. Jesus had a childhood that was filled with joy too. Anyway, filled with joy, wonderful childhood. But one thing about me is that I was born with a heart condition. I was born with a heart condition. And early on, just after a couple weeks of being born, I was taken back to the hospital. I was in intensive care for Mayo for uh, about a month. And they thought, no, he's not gonna make it. But I just kept on going. Thank you, Jesus. But over the course of growing up, wonderful childhood, I also would go to doctor's appointments. And they would say, Chris, your heart is still defective. Your heart could still go into an immense arrhythmia. When this happens, Chris, you... Uh, you might not have long. Well, how long would I have? Hmm, 30 seconds, one person told me. Maybe 30 seconds, maybe a minute. You should be near your parents. You should be close to adults. That was tough to hear as a little, little kid. You kind of grow up thinking this. And let me tell you, that this, the kinds of thoughts were never far from my thinking. Again, I had the greatest childhood. I did run, I did play. I loved hanging out in the woods, <laughs> getting the goods in the woods. I was, I was all, all that stuff, all, all boy in that regard. But it was never far from my mind. How long do I have? One thing that I would love to do as a kid on the farm, when chores were done, I would go sit underneath this tree, and actually I pulled the old chair out there, sat underneath this tree, and I would love to look over the valley. Maybe there's an artist in me early on. Maybe, I don't know, it's contemplative. And I would think about things that I would uh, learn in church sometimes. Think about God created all this. It's beautiful. The streams flowing down there. Think all these all these foxholes around. I'd stick my arm in there. My parents were like, "Don't do that." All right. I'd think about where do these fox come from. How many rabbits did I see today? All this crazy stuff. Anyway, I would think about God as creator, but I also contemplate this: Why do I have this heart condition? How long do I have? And at times I thought it was super unfair. Why is why do I have to have this? Why do I have to have this sorrow? Why do I have to have this worry? Why don't my friends have this? God, if you created me, did you create me wrong? Something wrong with me? Doesn't fair, God. But I grew up in a wonderful church. I grew up in a church that taught me about God, not just as a creator, but a God who became human. I, I learned that a God became one like me. I learned that there was a God who would come, who also would suffer, who also didn't know when his last day was, who would also have worry in the Garden of Gethsemane. And so I would sit there and I would think, now God, I'm mad at you, but God, how did you do it? How did you make it through? God, how did you find the hope? Jesus, how did, when you were filled with worry and anxiety, how'd you, how'd you keep going? Where was the, how'd you find the hope? See, him becoming like me meant that I could become like him. Him joining my suffering, him joining my pain meant that I could join him in victory, meant that I could join him in joy, meant that I could join him in peace. Amen? Changed my life. I can't imagine how my life would have been without Jesus. He was with me. Now, just so you know the rest of the story, when I was 12, 
uh, there was a great surgery developed and Miss Ann, Dr. Ann and her team, I was wheeled into a surgery and my heart was fixed forever because of those people. Oh, I'm so grateful, super grateful. Super grateful. But I will tell you this, my heart was fixed that day, but my life was fixed long before it. My life was put back together. Because of Jesus, I had hope. Because of who he was, I could go through it. I could get to that day where my heart would be healed. It's true. Now, how about you? Are you going through something today? Is our world going through some sickness? Does our world need some help? Jesus is not removed from it. He, as God, did not say, all right, you're left on your own. Good luck. He said, I'm with you 100%. I am so for you. I'm going to become one of you. I love you so much. I'm going to come show you how to be truly human, fully alive, redeemed, set free, healed, delivered forever. I am with you right now. That's the God we serve. And it is the greatest wonder of all. It will change your life if you let it. Greatest wonder of all. Let it fill your life with wonder. Let it fill your life with awe that God would become human. He would become human to show us how to become and He would become human that we might be healed through him. Amen. So this is the first part of the scripture. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. What about dwelling among us? What does that mean to, for him to dwell among us? Well, in the original manuscript, it means literally this, to tabernacle or to tent. That's what it means, tabernacle or tent. And in the original manuscripts, the original readers, a light bulb would have gone on for them. Oh my goodness, tabernacle? Well, that showed up earlier in the scriptures. I know about tabernacle, I know about tent, but for us just to hear dwell, we think of other things, which I think are true. He's among us always, yes, that's true. Uh, some versions say he moved into the neighborhood, that's true, I like that. But to tabernacle, what's going on here? I want to share the story with you. It goes like this. Back in the very beginning, when God created the whole world and all of that, we've talked a lot about, about that, there was no priest between us and God. We would dwell with God. He would dwell with us. If you will, the whole earth was the tabernacle. The glory of God filled the whole world. And we could talk with God one-on-one. -on -one. We had no priests to, to kind of mediate that. We didn't need anybody. And also we didn't need any kings because we would just love our neighbors as ourselves. And we loved the Lord with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. It was this beautiful, wonderful thing. But as you know how the story goes, we decided to kind of go our own way and we wanted to get out of that situation, not follow God so much, not just live in that way. We wanted to live our own way and so we went, the Bible says, eastward, out of Eden. And here's the deal, God came with us though. He loves us that much. He didn't leave us alone. He came with us. And as the story goes, and we're going to go into a lot of this story about the Bible in January, which, by the way, we're studying the Bible for like pretty much a year. It's fantastic. We're going to hear the story of the Bible. You'll hear all these stories in more detail. But here's what happened. Not everybody followed God. Not everybody wanted this type of relationship. So most turned their backs on him. But there were a few that said, I want this relationship with God. One of those people was Abraham. And he said, yes, I want to go on a journey with you. Would you take me on a journey with you? Yes, follow me. And he did. He followed him. And beautiful things happened in Abraham's life. Abraham had a couple kids. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Stick with me. Jacob then had 12 other kids. And that 12 kids, they became a nation. And all of these people began to, they would serve God. They would have a relationship with God. Again, no priest. 
no king. They would just have relationship with God. Like God's glory would dwell with them. But then they got enslaved in Egypt. They learned this new culture at that point. They would be building these temples with their hands where apparently the Egyptians would worship their God. But these people, the people who followed the one true and living God, they, they didn't have a tabernacle or a tent or a, or a temple or anything like that to meet with God. They would just meet with God. Well, after they were let go out of Egypt by the very hand of God, by the very power of God, now they're in the wilderness and something amazing happened. They were following God by fire in the day and a cloud, or excuse me, fire by night, cloud by day. They're following him and they saw God's glory. One time it was even uh, thundering on the mountain and they said to Moses, Moses, God is on the mountain. And Moses was like, yeah, no, let's go talk to him. And they're like, no, no, you go talk to him. Well, what? we can all go. No, you go. So Moses said, all right, I'm gonna go up there. But God wanted to be with his people. If they're not gonna come up here and meet with me, I, let's make a tent. Let's make a tent, and they can meet with me there. So essentially, that's what happened. Moses comes down the mountain, has 10 commandments and all kinds of stuff, and then he also says, hey, we're gonna make a tabernacle. We're gonna make a tent where God's glory will be there. And we can come into that place then and we can know God. We can experience God. So this is what happened. Again, it wasn't the original plan, but it's the plan now because God so loved us. He wanted to be with his people and this the people would go for. Okay, great, here we are. So what happens, they would come and they would know God and the glory of God did fill it. He tabernacled there, tented there. It was beautiful. But then they would say goodbye. <laughs> go back to my life. And then at one point, then they said, oh, we should have a much more beautiful tent. Let's make a beautiful temple. Oh, and they did. They built a beautiful temple. And God, in his goodness, yes, he wanted to meet with them. And if that's the way they were gonna meet, here's how we're gonna do it then. Make the temple like this. It'll be beautiful. And that's the way it was for a long time. They would go to this temple and meet with God. But this temple was only in one place at one time to meet with those who would come. And if we're not careful, sometimes we can do that too. Put God in this kind of tent thing. Okay, God, you're there, but my relationships are here. My business is here. It's outside of this. But God's like, I want to meet with you everywhere. I want to walk with you always. I want to be Emmanuel, God, with you. The word made flesh with you. This is what I want. And yes, this is the culture. They would come to this temple, but not everybody would just relegate themselves to only meeting God there. Some people, like the prophets, they would meet with God other places. And they, they knew, they knew the truth, that they could meet with God. And they would meet with God, and God would tell them, hey, there's coming a day where the glory that I have is gonna fill this whole earth. There's coming a day where salvation and healing are gonna come to all people, not just this group of people. And so they would write these things down for us to read and for the whole world to hear. They would declare these things. And guess what? They were, they were right. The mystery became true about 2,000 years ago from today, which isn't all that long ago. An angel came to Mary and said, you're gonna have a baby. And that baby, his name is gonna be Jesus. How's it gonna happen? Oh, don't worry about that. The things that are impossible with people, oh, they're possible with God, Mary. Mary says, okay, let's do it. And the baby came. And the word was made flesh and tented among us. What's going on? You see what's going on? The glory of God. We have all seen his glory, full of grace and truth. 
the glory of God was now in a human being, no longer in just a tent or a tabernacle. The glory of God, God himself was in a human being. This elevates humans. This shows us how to be human. Again, he became like us so that we could become like him. Also, if you know the rest of the story, what happens is he goes to the cross, right? He dies, but God says, no, the light can never be extinguished out of him. I'm gonna raise him to new life. He gets raised to new life, and he sends his spirit and his presence out everywhere and to all who would believe him. He has the right to be the children of God. So get this, the glory of God, the presence of God is now in Jesus, but he sends it to all who would believe, which means that you are an extension of the word made flesh. You are the glory of God if you believe in Jesus Christ. You now have the presence of God living in you. Is this not amazing? Do you see how it's the greatest wonder in all of the world? You don't have to go somewhere to find God. God is right there with you, right now. And so let me ask you the question. If you, if you believe that that's true, if that, if, and I think it is, then you, as you believe in Jesus Christ, you become a Christian or a little Christ, and everywhere you go, you can do what Christ did. I can begin to extend healing like those doctors did to my heart. Or reconciliation. We, can, we don't have to be apart in relationships. We can put things back together. Do you see? The most amazing things happen because the word became flesh and tabernacled among us, and he sent his spirit then to everybody. This is amazing. Let me ask you this. What would it look like for you to take these two things that we've talked about seriously today? Number one, that God became human, came right into our own issues, that you're not alone. How would, you, how would it change your view? Would you have more hope? Yes, I'm sitting with a diagnosis. Yes, I'm sitting with a broken relationship. Yes, this is happening in my life but the greatest wonder of all is with me. Jesus, how did you get through stuff like this? You didn't remove yourself. You became like me. How'd you do it? How would that give you hope today? If we can come alongside of you and pray with you right where you are, we would love that. At all of our campuses, we have prayer ministers ready to pray with you. And when we conclude today, go run to those prayer ministers and say, I, I, I need help to know that God is with me. We would love to pray with you. How about the second thing? is that he tabernacled among us. How, what, would, what would it look like if you really believe that the presence of God was right with you and that you were an extension of it upon believing in Jesus? Maybe you want to believe in Jesus and confess him as Lord. Maybe you wanna say, you know what? The mystery is true. I can't explain it all, but I, Jesus, you really are Lord. I'm gonna follow you. If you wanna say yes to Jesus, today's the day. What about if it's to invite someone in Maybe it's somebody you know that's, that they, they don't know about Jesus. And I, I, I want to be an extension. I'm going to be God with skin on. I'm going to be an extension of this incarnation, this presence. I'm going to go to them. Say, hey, i tell you about Jesus. Maybe it's just to go into a situation and be peace like Jesus is peace. Or joy like Jesus is joy. What would it look like in your life? Can you imagine it? If we begin to think of these things, I think our heart will explode with wonder about who God is and what's possible in our lives. Can we pray together? Heavenly Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for these people. Thank you for the ones that you've gathered here today. We confess, Lord, that you are the greatest wonder in all the world. Thank you 
becoming flesh. Thank you for becoming like us so we could become like you. What grace you have, God. Thank you. Thank you for your presence dwelling with us. The possibilities are endless because all things are possible with you. So Lord, however you're speaking to us today, however our imagination is firing for what you can do in our lives, Lord, I come alongside of it and say yes and amen. May it be so. Lord, as people confess you as Lord, as we ask, Lord, for your grace in our lives, I pray that it would happen in the name of Jesus. Because all things are possible to those who believe and believe in you. Thank you, Jesus. And it's in your name we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys.